Welcome to Ringsiders Wrestling. Today we are joined by somebody in the business who I, I think everybody knows at this point. Nobody doesn't know who Solomonster is. It's somebody who's been around since 2007 with Solomonster Sounds Off. Now I believe is in over 700 episodes, which is absolutely crazy. Thank you for joining us, Jason Solomonster. Thank you for having me. That uh, rousing intro. I appreciate it. Uh, mean every word, honestly. You, you're one of these people who really got ahead of the game when it came to the podcast thing. Like, when we think 2007, it's podcasts were big back then, but nobody in the wrestling community was really jumping on the wrestling podcast bandwagon. You were at the forefront of it, whereas like everybody nowadays on wrestling Twitter, myself included, has a wrestling podcast. You were like one of the first people who really popularized it. So for you, looking now... Like I said, everybody's got a wrestling podcast. What's your journey been like going all the way back to 2007 when you first started? It must have been a crazy ride. Yeah, it was It was very different. Like you said, there weren't as many as there are now. Uh, pretty much from wrestlers to fans, everybody has their own podcast on different platforms, YouTube. Now yeah. there's video. There really weren't many video shows back then. So it's interesting to see where things have come in these 14 years. Yeah. It's, hard to believe it's been that long uh but it was it was different it was definitely uh different back then I, what have you found it like adapting with the time so to speak because i know you've like said you was one of the first video wrestling content creators i can't think of many others back then i know there was like what? the chikara podcaster gogo and stuff like that but i can't think of many of us off the top of my head who did video yeah, well, I see, I wasn't doing video at the beginning. At the beginning, it was all audio, and mm -hmm. there weren't many video shows. You know, yeah. WCW, for example, at the end uh, of their run, they were probably the first, I mean, they were a promotion, but they were the first ones really doing online video mm -hmm. uh, at the very end there, WCW Live. Yeah. And then years later, WWE had uh, their Bite This audio show, which turned into a, a video show. But in terms of like fan hosted shows, I think a lot of the, the YouTube content creators really started popping up early 2010s. Mm -hmm. I feel like I actually got into the game late on the video really? end. I was <laughs> I was mainly focused on audio and it really wasn't until the last few years I jumped in feet first onto the video end. Mm. Uh, I was kind of a dinosaur in that way. But, you know, again, there's just there's things you can do with video that audio, which I will always do, and audio is still, you know, my main my mm -hmm. main show, but there are just certain things you can do that video allows that audio doesn't, so it's nice to have a little bit of both. Yeah, I completely agree. For the first uh, three years of us doing this, we're now in our fourth year. Uh, for the first three years, we just did a wrestling news show every week, and it was audio, and we didn't, we wasn't very good at doing it. We, we just... Nobody wants well, to, nobody talk, is to the talk beginning. about the news. <laughs> nobody nobody um, is at the beginning. You always think your stuff is, is terrible. That's it. And um, you just keep doing it. You uh, know, practice makes perfect. So we, sw we switched to video and it's just been so much more fun. I mean, I'm not sure if the mm -hmm. product's any better, but we love doing it. And I think for yourself, after, like you said, 14 years, you must really love doing this to, to keep it going for that long because I feel bent out after having a busy couple of months doing this. Were you yeah. doing it for 14 years? How has that been like for you? Oh, it's a lot of fun. I, I wouldn't do it if I didn't enjoy it. You know, even when the shows are not good, uh, yeah. not my show, but the, the TV shows, 
you know, it's still fun to interact with people and get that kind of feedback. I, you know, my inbox is just flooded with emails from people, you know, the, the Twitter uh, live streams have constant discussion going on in the live mm -hmm. chat. So the, the interaction and being able to talk to other people and to get that kind of feedback from other fans and other people who listen always makes it fun. I mean, me, I'm burned out every week. I'm burned out today. So, I mean, that, I guess I'm just kind of used to it by now. It's only gotten worse, you know, the more stuff I do. Uh, so the burnout has always been there, but, you know, I kind of feel like if, you know, one day I, I decide I want to take a vacation and go do something, it's like, well, wait, I can't because there's always so much going on and you're trying to think, well, how could I take, how could I take it with me? Yeah. So that, that's my challenge, but yeah, no, it's been, it's, it's been a lot of fun. And yeah, the day that it's not fun anymore, then we'll, we'll phase down, but you know, it's been 14 years and I don't see any uh, slowing down coming anytime soon. Well, that's good to hear because like I said at the start, there's a lot of people who do listen to your stuff and really do appreciate the content you put out. Uh, Rivers, one of my friends was meant to be on this podcast with me. He's gutted he can't make it. So He's hoping you do come back in the future to speak with us because he's also a big fan of your work. Well, tell him I said hello. Oh, I will do for sure. Um, another thing over the 14 years is how much the industry has changed. I mean, even in the last couple of years with the addition of AEW, how have you found the time to, uh, you know, with the additions of companies like TNA Impact and Ring of Honor, AEW, how have you decided which bits you want to cover and which bits you don't? Like, what gets your interest? Well, I mean, I will sometimes branch out uh, into some of the smaller promotions if there's something that appeals to me. You know, I was a big fan of Lucha Underground when they were yeah. around. And they didn't really have a huge audience, but I covered every episode every week, all four seasons on my show. And there was, you know, there was a, an audience for it. But at the end of the day, no matter how bad the shows may get, it's the WWE content that is still king. That is still what people want to hear about. That is what they want to see. Even the people who have dropped off and aren't watching the weekly television anymore, they'll tune into podcasts. You know, yeah. they'll tune into YouTube shows just to keep up with what's going on because they don't want to let it go completely. They want to know what's going on. And if there's something really good that they hear me talking about, then maybe they'll go find it, you know, on YouTube or something. Mm -hmm. So, WWE, the, the, the coverage will always kind of carry the shows. I covered Impact off and on many years. I've had a love-hate relationship with Impact going back. We all have. <laughs> over a decade. There's some classic shows I've done. Um, but not, not watching them week to week right now it really is WWE, AEW. Uh, I see MLW Fusion is starting to do some interesting things. So, mm -hmm. you know, we might have to consider that. It, it really just depends uh, ultimately on what I find appealing. Yeah. And is there an audience for it? You know, one of the sadder things is when I do, I cover NXT on my show every week too. But if I were to cover it live on occasion on uh, YouTube, immediately after the show's over, like I do with AEW, the interest level just, it, it just falls off. And it's just not, you know, NXT is not what it used to be no. in terms of, the interest level that P I mean, I see it just in my own numbers. You can see the difference mm -hmm. and it makes me sad. It's not a bad product. It just, no. it, there's a certain life to it and an energy. And I'm sure the pandemic hasn't helped. It just isn't there. So yeah. I cover it, but I don't go out of my way to cover it 
you know, live on Tuesdays every week. I kind of leave it for the main show. So that's kind of where we are right now. Yeah, I was going to ask, like, when it comes to, uh, I know it's no longer a thing, the uh, fictional Wednesday night war that the fans invented. You know, skirmish. It, it, that's it, right, the, the skirmish. skirmish. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, it was not a war. Um, I, I thought both shows were strong and brought out the best in each other. There was definitely weak shows and weak weeks for both shows. I, I love NXT in its current incarnation, but it's not, like you said, what it used to be. Um, but with AEW, I feel like it is a strong product most weeks. How do you feel like AEW has shaken up the wrestling industry in the last couple of years? Because for me, I, even TNA didn't get this amount of shaking up. You know, they were they were doing good numbers on TV at first, but it quickly dropped when they had the Hogan Bischoff regime come in, uh, and that was kind of like the the nail in the coffin for them. With AEW, I feel like they've got a little bit more about them from the very start. Yeah, and there's two main differentiating factors there. You know, if you compare it to Impact, Impact's been around a lot longer than AEW has been. Yeah. And, you know, now they, they're owned by this, you know, whatever, multi-million dollar uh, media company. But AEW has TNT, mm-hmm. and Impact never had that kind of television clearance that AEW has. You know, they were on Spike for a while, mm-hmm. and Spike is good, but it's not TNT. So you have this great TV time slot, and a lot of people romanticize it. Oh, you know, the Nitro days were on TNT. So it's kind of a big deal still to a lot of people. And they had the money. You know, the Khan family and, and Tony Khan convinced his father that, hey, this is this could work and we can make money with this. And they're billionaires. So, you know, they have a budget. I'm sure they won't go over a certain amount of money, but the money is there. So when certain talents become available, it's like, well, we'll go, we'll go see if we can sign that talent. Or yeah, if they want to do an event, big elaborate pay-per-view on the road, then they can do it. And Impact always had money issues mm. that would kind of stop them from going too, you know, too crazy with things. So I think that's why it feels different yeah. than Impact and Ring of Honor and any other company that's come along. They have the television, which is very, it's probably the most important thing. And they have the money behind it. I like what they're doing. I don't like every single thing that they do. No. And, and, you know, when there's time to criticize, then there's time to criticize. And the AW fans don't like it when you do that, but that's <laughs> no, just too don't. bad. I because found that you, today. <laughs> no, because you have to be balanced. Look, if you're going to do that with WWE, what's good for one is good for the other. Yeah. And if they don't like it, well, too bad. But I like more of what they do than I, than I dislike. And it is, you know, it's an alternative to WWE. It's not, you know, it's not like a totally different product and they have brought in a lot of wwe people so i don't want to say it's like this totally unique totally different product but it's different enough that i can watch the show and it doesn't get me aggravated it doesn't bore me Mm. the way that you know raw would bore me for example so i'm glad there's an AEW, and for the wrestlers it's the best thing possible because now they have this viable second option where they can make real money and it's not just about one company anymore. You have another option. It's it's a real alternative, mostly for the talent. I find mm-hmm. like it's. I know for yeah. the fans, it's a, an alternative, I guess. But for the actual wrestlers themselves, you don't have to just work for WWE now. There is a second company you can go to. That's mm-hmm. the 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 biggest takeaway for me. But even as a fan, like I love over the pandemic, there's AEW Dark and AEW Dark Elevation. I don't know if you've had a chance to properly delve into that. But for me, I prefer Dark and Elevation to Dynamite. 
and that mainly is because the the stories are a bit more intimate week to week and you can really like get involved with the storylines whereas dynamite i feel like forgets a few things every now and then uh but dark has been really good have you had a chance to catch dark I've, I've caught Dark. Uh, I caught the first couple of episodes of Elevation. Uh, I don't watch them week to week. I do check in with, with certain matches. Like, for example, when I find out that certain uh, independent stars are getting a, a match on there, mm-hmm. I'm familiar with some of them, you know, from an independent promotion here in New York, and I've had the chance to call some of their matches. So there have been a few instances where it's like, oh, wow, you know, so-and-so is going to be wrestling on Dark. I have to, I have to check it out. I think Dark has been good for that reason. It, it gives some of these um, younger guys and, and kind of upstart names a chance to go out. Mm-hmm. Uh, not on television, but they're still, they're, they're in AEW. They're able to go out there and it's a proving ground, you know, for a lot of these uh, yeah. untested guys. And who knows, it could lead to bigger things. You know, one of the things about Dark also is the uh, commentary for Dark with Taz and Excalibur. It's amazing. I, they're, they're a great <laughs> combo. They're very entertaining and it's just a more laid back show because you're not, you don't have the pressure of being live on television. So when you're live on television, right, you only have a certain amount of time for your segments. You got to get everything in. It's this frenetic pace with dark, which is not live and it's not on television. You know, it's a little more laid back. And I think that kind of makes things a little more fun sometimes, but there's just so much. I, I don't have a chance to, uh, there is a lot every week. There's a lot of wrestling. A lot of wrestling. A <laughs> lot of wrestling. Is a great thing, but there's yeah. not enough hours well, in the week but you, to watch. There it. is there is an expression you can't have too much of a good thing. So very true. Yeah. yeah. And I remember a few years ago I was thinking there isn't enough wrestling from other companies, and now I'm at the point where there maybe is too much wrestling from you're, other you're companies. begging off like Ric Flair yeah. in '89. You're like, <laughs> yeah. please, no more. Typical wrestling fan, right? Yeah. Um but you mentioned uh, the New York companies that you work with. One of them is House of Glory, I believe. Uh-huh. Uh, can you tell us about House of Glory? What's that ride like been for you so far? It's been fun. Uh, the pandemic has put a pause on everything. So that that part of it has sucked. But, uh, you know, I got linked up with House of Glory uh, probably at this point. It was about three years ago. And, you know, I was familiar with them. I'd been to some of their shows and uh, have some friends who who work there. So I was invited to come down and do a little something with them. And later on, an opportunity opened up for me to do commentary uh, as more of a, like a color commentator. Yeah. And it's not anything that I ever had any experience doing before. It's one of those things where I always thought, well, if I was ever going to be involved, I'm not going to get in the ring and wrestle. So yeah, being an announcer is something I, I could see. And it's, it's in a way it's like with the podcast when you first start out we were just talking about oh, I can't go back and listen to those old shows because mm. I, I can't like you critique yourself and you think you're just terrible I know I have a ways to go and I felt like we were kind of finding a good rhythm and then everything just sort of uh, went away when everything got shut down but it's great because they've had some names go on to you know bigger and better things there's a lot of HOG uh, talent that you'll find private party and others who are mm-hmm. on AEW television right now who will be in WWE at some point. These really are the stars of the future. And New York is, I mean, New York is New York. So they, it could be a tough crowd to please. The fans there are very uh, passionate. 
But when I get to do commentary, it's cool because I'm like calling matches and I'm looking and I'm watching and I'm saying, these are the people that I'm going to be watching on television in two years, sure. in five years. And it's, it's a really rewarding feeling. And I'm hoping that, uh, you know, I haven't heard anything yet, but I'm hoping in, in the months to come that we'll kind of get back on the, uh, on the saddle and we'll get people back in the building and be able to do it all over again. Hey, hopefully so, man. I'm yeah. hoping the, uh, the same happens here as well. We haven't had a, a wrestling show for about 14 months now, 15 months. Yeah. Um, so we're dying to get some wrestling here, as I'm sure you are too. Um, you mentioned like, uh, you know, you, when you're doing your commentary, having done the podcast, I'm sure does help. Uh, you've got that experience of actually speaking. But is there anyone that you take inspiration from when it comes to commentary are you like a bobby the brain heenan uh monsoon what do you go for when you're doing your commentary um yeah it's tough because you, you don't want to just copy the things you've seen on tv i can't be that like i i can't be I, I mean there's no way i could ever be someone like bobby heenan but i think in terms of calling matches and stuff it's not just about the moves it is it's true i mean you really are telling a story during a match if there's a, a feud between two guys and they're in the ring and this is the big you know grudge match yeah you want to make sure you talk about the the history between the two but you don't want to step on the toes of the play-by-play announcer right who does a tremendous job and so you kind of you have to let him do his thing but you don't want to be talking over each other so you got it the, the only way you can get better at something like that is repetition the more you work with one person, the more comfortable you get with them. You develop a chemistry. You kind of know when to shut up and let them speak. And then they'll kind of lay back and let you speak. And so I, I wouldn't say I drew any inspiration from any one source. It's it's really, you learn a lot as you go, uh, to be honest with you. But mm. um, And it's a little bit different because if you were calling a match, let's say for a television show, I know one of the things they teach you is, because people will say, well, how come when you see the announcers on TV, they're not just watching the ring, right? They're right there. Why are mm -hmm. they looking down at the little tiny monitors in front of them? Because they have to call what you're seeing at home, right? right. So yeah. and we haven't had that issue because we're not on, on television yet uh, or anything like that. But I feel like as you go along, you just kind of learn things like that. Uh, and so I look forward to hopefully being able to get back to it and, and, you know, getting even better and seeing how, how big we can blow this up. Before we start to wrap up, is there anything else we could expect from you in the future? Are you happy with just doing commentary or would you ever maybe go into managing somebody? Uh, oh. I'm, I'm going to say hey. you don't want to be a wrestler. I'm sure that's, that's clear, but well, would I... you ever manage anybody? Sure. I mean, if the opportunity came up for it, I, I would love to, I mm. think that would be, uh, yeah, I think, put it this way, of the two things I could offer, whether it's from a speaking role or a, or a physicality role, you know, I, I'm not going to walk out there and be the most impressive physical specimen. I'm going to spare everybody the, uh, the walking out and the flexing and the posing and taking the shirt off and everything. Yeah. So, yeah, of the two things, if I had anything to offer, it would be more along the lines of, uh, of managing, mm. you know, being you know, a mouthpiece for someone, you know, again, it's nothing I've ever had the chance to do. I've thought about it. I think it would be fun. I think it is something I can become good at. So look, if the opportunity ever came up, would I say no? No, I wouldn't say no. And uh, I'd probably pay the price for it very quickly. I'd probably mouth <laughs> off to the wrong person and he put me on my head, but Hey, you know, that's, that's wrestling. That's the price. That's the price you pay. Yeah. Well, you heard it here. 
if you want to book Jason as a manager, get in there you touch. go. <laughs> I see me get my get my ass handed to me. There you go. Ratings. Let's do it. Um, but yeah, man. Before we wrap up, I'm sure most people know, but tell people where they can find you if they're unfamiliar with your work. Where can we hear Solo Monster sounds off? Yeah. So the main show, it's an audio show. It drops every Sunday. Uh, it pretty much is on every major podcast platform. So if you listen to an Apple podcast, you can get it there. Uh, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Pandora. The YouTube channel is kind of a separate beast all to itself. If you just type in Solomonster Sounds Off on YouTube, the main channel will come up. And uh, there's content on there every week, live reviews after Dynamite, every pay-per-view I go live after that. Uh, and I'm starting to increase the amount of content I do there, Q&As, if people you know, want to send in questions. Uh, there's some other fun features I do from time to time, RSPW Rewind, which is kind of a, a look back at the early years of the wrestling internet and how even though things have uh, changed a lot in a lot of ways in terms of wrestling discourse, it really hasn't changed all that much. <laughs> people would be very surprised. So uh yeah you could, those are pretty much the two uh main places you can find me and at at solomonster on twitter awesome man well like i said we'd love to get back on in the future discuss some more wrestling until then jason solomonster we've been ringsiders wrestling we'll see you soon thanks for having me <laughs>